What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Wayfinder Podcast, a pseudoscientific, quasi-philosophical, spiritually amorphous discussion platform where we gather around the campfire to ramble about life as we see it. The goal here is to uplift, enlighten, and inspire in whatever ways we can in the hope that by figuring out what we're doing here in our own lives as individuals, we can ultimately figure out how to work together to make the world a better place. I'm Adam, and I'm super glad that you're here with us. Today, we've got a great discussion for you with David Halsey, also known as Lone Star Grappler on Instagram. He is a professional jiu-jitsu practitioner and competitive grappler, and has been a good friend of ours for a long time. And so today with David, we're going to get into uh, God as a concept and all of its, its various versions, parenting, life balance, friendship, and pushing yourself through discomfort in order to grow, among a lot of other things. So it was an awesome conversation. Uh, I hope that you enjoy listening to it as much as, uh, as much as we enjoy putting it out there. We did have some technical difficulties that kept us from getting this up uh, in video format. So after two weeks of jacking with the video files, we kind of just scrapped the idea and decided that they were not usable. Uh, future podcasts, we're going to have video, but we're still working on that in the new studio. So it's an ongoing thing. Appreciate you guys bearing with us. Um, but you can definitely catch the audio on YouTube uh, as an upload and also on iTunes and SoundCloud. So check those out. Like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. We appreciate all of it. And uh, again, in the future, you guys will, uh, will have some video coming soon. So um, without further ado, uh, here we go. David Halsey, Lone Star Grappler. Fingers or four fingers on your thumb. And if you were a pro wrestling fan like myself, um, <laughs> who was it? Kurt Angle used to do like a, the angle lock, right? He used to grab uh -huh. the foot and crank on it. That's a toehold. Really? A, it's a rather shitty toehold because he's not controlling the knee. But um, yeah, it's a toehold. That's real. Yeah. I'll pop some ankles with that. Yeah, it's that's, good. That's no good. As a little fella, it's it's good for big people, right? That makes sense. Yeah. I, um, you know, I wouldn't want my foot broken. I'd no. rather just you choke me out. Well, you said, do you strangle people? And it occurred to me, I don't know if I've ever, like, strangled or even, you know, wrestled hard enough to put somebody into a chokehold in my entire life. I don't know what that would be like. That's, yeah. I mean, you say, like, hard enough, but we were talking about this earlier, right? You know, in the sense of, in, you know, the intelligence of what it is to to be in combat, right? Mm -hmm. And, dude, I've got some students and some training partners that are, you know, small people, women that aren't, you know, real muscular or whatever. And the technique that lies with it, um, you know, there's there's some struggle with it, obviously, if the person's resisting, but it's really just as simple as you can take your fingers and stick them on someone's carotids and they're going to go to sleep, right? Really? If they don't push your hands away, you know, blood flows, blood flow. And if I stop it to your brain, you're going to take a nap. So yeah, brain you know, needs oxygen, the, you, know? you know, within the community, there's the cliche saying tap or nap, right? And nap, if, tap or snap. Yeah. And <laughs> those are options, right? And depending on what your goals are within the sport or within the lifestyle, you know, I tell my competitors, I'm like, look, if you're going to compete, you've got to be willing to see that line of the submission, right? Choking yeah. the guy out where he's going to pass out, where that arm is going to it's going to give you're going to take the elbow out right um see that line as a competitor and be willing to cross it not wanting to hurt the individual but being willing to finish what you started 
Um, How do you balance, like, and we, we've talked about this before, but like you balance out spirituality and combat sports. A lot of people don't understand how that works. And like, to me, you know, that's always been a bridge that I, I want to build for people, a, a, sort of a bridge of understanding is that martial arts and spirituality are, are tied so closely together. It's and insane. Even, it's, yeah. it's just crazy. You know, it's just, it's almost like, uh, like yoga. People don't think of that as a martial art, you know, because you're not, it's not a combat sport, but it's, it's, it's a martial art against yourself. Yeah. It's yeah. I the, mean, you're battling yeah. yourself. Yeah. And that's why I think, you know, as a martial artist, right. And as a former meathead, right. I used to just pick up heavy things and that's all I did. Um, yoga was kind of taboo right but in in reality that was a battle against yourself you know i did it for several months while i've been doing jujitsu and Mm -hmm. it was a huge impact because you're in these tough positions and the only one that's going to get you out of it is you and you can stop like you can put your hand down or you can you know break the position Mm -hmm. but you have to mentally choose not to. Yeah, if you're in some really challenging yoga and you're giving it 100%, it is really easy to just not go, like, to just not do it all the way, like, mm-hmm. to halfway yeah. it, but still hold a pose. Well, and see, It's a and, mental battle. Well, hey, I want to pull, pull out this, uh, this quote that we were just talking about mm-hmm. um, that I can't read from over here. But it's, it was the, uh, was it Socrates, Socrates that said it would be a shame... For, for any citizen to go their whole life and not know the limitations of their own body, right? Their physical nature. Their own yeah. physical... Through combat. Yeah. And and through physical training. And yeah, through that's, physical that's, training. that's a paraphrase of, of both both of us, right? But yeah, that's the, and that's a question that I have for within myself, right? Yeah. How far can you go? What, how, what are you how capable of? How far can you go? Yes. You know, and that's the thing. And that's where they combine between combat and spirituality is because ultimately it's about growth. You know, I, I told this to a student the other day. He did great. He won a Pan Am's title, which is huge for his age bracket, right? And I told him, I was like, dude, this is this is awesome, and, and I'm proud of you, happy for you, love you. But we made some mistakes. We talked about it. Yeah, I was yeah. at your place, right? And, and I told him, I was like, you know, I want to see growth. You know, and this <laughs> is ultimately what the spiritual and, and the, the combat connection is. If your purpose and if your goal is growth, then the byproducts are going to be winning. You know, you right. won. Yeah, if, you, if you're chasing the win, you may not get growth. You won't always get there, yeah. But if you're chasing the growth, you're going to get a win. Eventually, right? Yeah. And that's, and that's where, you know, you say embrace the journey or, or, or whatever. But The journey uh, is the goal. Man, yeah, that's, that's a big question that I have within myself, you know, and, and that's what I was, you know, in when I, you know, lifted weights, it's like, I just want to see how strong I can get. I want to see what I can do, you know, within martial arts, within spirituality, mm-hmm. you know, how, how enlightened can I be, right? Yeah. You know, how much of an understanding can I have, not just within myself, but within my people, with, yeah. within strangers, within humanity. Well, right? every moment that you're doing something difficult and every single moment you're making a decision to continue that difficult thing, Mm-hmm. To maintain that, that to sustain that level of, of, of difficulty, mm-hmm. or to back off and take a rest, or to push it further, mm-hmm. right? And that that is, I think, the thing is like once you can overcome, it's like you know I've talked about before about the the desires of the flesh, yeah. You know whether it's sweet food or masturbation or drugs 
or alcohol or any anything that, that, that gives you that dopamine charge. Yeah, that, that instantaneous that pleasure. That instantaneous pleasure, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, any any time that you can overcome that. There's growth. There's growth. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing about, again, martial arts, combat sports, whatever is, uh, or, or yoga, anything like that is your body is, uh, you know, the ego is rooted in the body. Mm. You know, the ego is rooted in the body. And so it's like, if you can overcome, that's essentially, you know, your greatest your greatest enemy, or your greatest adversary. Mm-hmm. Maybe not your enemy, but your greatest adversary is your own ego, your own body. Mentally, it's your ego. I Physically, that, it's yeah. your body. Yeah. You know, you'll never overcome a physical challenge that doesn't have to do with your body. And mm-hmm. so if it's you forcing yourself to do a difficult physical thing, then, you know, that's that's a tremendous win. You know, it's a tremendous area of growth. You're, whole, harden, you're hardening your mind. You're strengthening yourself. You're, yeah. you, know, I, you know, I had this conversation with somebody earlier today. It's like, you know, I'm, I was upset or I was mentally upset or whatever they said. And I said, man, so you're uncomfortable. Good. Yep. You know, there's, there's another jujitsu guy, right. That he's, he's a seal and his, like his little mantra. Right. And he's a meme now within it is like anything bad. It's like, Oh, you stumped your toe. Good. (laughs) Now you appreciate good toes you know what I mean, or or whatever it would be. Right. And so everything's good. And and, and if I kicked the shit out of my bathtub the other day with my shin, Mm-hmm. And um, that's how I need to look at it. Yeah. Like now I appreciate my left shin that much more because it's not in agony and I'm not screaming and cussing at that one. So exactly. It, you gotta you gotta have the peaks and the valleys. Exactly. Your parents ever do that thing where you you got hurt as a child and you come to them and you're like, oh, I, I, I hurt my hand, I hurt my hand. My dad would, you know, and I frog my arm really freaking hard, you know, and he'd be like, no, yeah, your hand doesn't hurt that take bad. Take your mind off. Yeah, that's how I was gonna <laughs> say. Perspective. You're uh, you're describing major pain here. Yeah, major pain. Give me your hand, boy. And I'll give you something to take that mind off the pain. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly, exactly what it is. Well, how is uh, how's your relationship with God going? Man, honestly, um, I would say what I'm about to be 33 within just a, a couple few weeks. Yep. And I've grown closer to God, and I've had more opportunities to experience him you know with other people and in a real tangible way in the last six months really to a year maybe not even a year because if you go back into a year there were some really dark places right and that's where we go back to that uncomfort right yeah and and those difficulties um so yeah let's let's give it to the last several months man but more enlightenment and more experiences with god than I've had in the last 32 years of my life. Isn't and, that crazy? And, you know, I, I worked in the church, as both of y'all knew, and I, and I lived that life, and I did those things. And then when I really decided, it's like, okay, you know, I'm going to find God. You know, I'm going to seek Him, but then I'm going to find my purpose, right? I'm just going to find what I'm passionate about. Find, and I told this to— I think, I think both of those pursuits are, are intertwined. Very intertwined, right? Intertwined, right, yeah. right? And and that's where it, you know in scriptures it talks about seek ye first the kingdom of God and then he'll give you the desires of your heart right so it's like and then Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you boom you know okay mic drop yeah. right <laughs> so just just for the community here since we're we're speaking in a Christian context right now because that's that's where we're coming from in the moment but you know this podcast this whole platform has always been has been based on uh, the idea that there is a a greater power than all of us, that there is a creative intelligence that is behind the design of the universe, and that ultimately 
at some level that power um, embodies all love and all understanding. And, um, you know, David and JC and I actually all grew up together. We all went to mm-hmm. the same church. You know, we came mm-hmm. from the same sort of spiritual background or at least a very similar one. Um, it's only been in the last couple of years that I've gotten to a point where my understanding of God has become one that I can talk to a Hindu person, I can talk to a Buddhist, I can talk mm-hmm. to a Christian, I can talk to a Catholic, I can talk to a Muslim, and we can have conversations about God, you know, provided that they're open-minded as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once you're willing to cross, to, to talk across contexts, mm-hmm. you can see that, man, there's, it's not, these boundaries are all sort of... Man, where I've come artificial within my life yeah like you talk about these artificial boundaries and and here's the thing and this is something that i've come to in the last several months within having these conversations with like-minded people is we go back to the ego right and when you find offense when i say something that offends jc whatever it may be but and we'll keep it in the context of the spiritual right Mm -hmm. um when the ego so attached and you get so offended by, oh, well, you don't believe what I believe mm-hmm. or you don't think what I think. Right. Then I get angry. Right. And then how you respond to these things. And man, the way I've come to it, I know my faith and I know my beliefs and I don't have to force them on anybody. I don't have to change the way you think. But you hang around me enough. And you'll start to change the way you think, right? And in some in some senses, if you disagree with whatever, right? And and ultimately, it's about that that gospel mm-hmm. of love. Yeah, you know, and it's it's hard it's hard to uh, to get bent out of shape whenever somebody's coming at you with a lesson of with a message of love and understanding, you know. And it's like if you do have a problem with that, you're an asshole anyway. Word. You know what I mean? Like Word. if. You're the kind of person who represents any sort of God that doesn't first and foremost value love and understanding, then, you know, fuck your God. That's that's not, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? I don't want any part of that. And there's a whole lot of people that, that you know, I've even seen them on, on social media and stuff that are like, man, all these people out there that are preaching love and light and understanding and all this stuff, this is evil. It's not what God is about. You know what I mean? It's like... I, I find eh. that bizarre, the pushback that you get when you, you talk about um, this cross-contamination of different religions and then there's such a community of people that get whoa 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 hold on no 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 i am i am a devout christian and mm-hmm. and i do not accept yeah. any other form and there's really an anger that comes to it unbridled just, love and understanding you're not part of the fucking picture yeah it, you just it it's it, it it's so confusing that you can claim to be a very religious person and, and a man of god or a woman of god and then when you start to talk about how all of these different people and all of their different ways of achieving that same thing, that that spirituality, that enlightenedness, um, all of a sudden there's there's lines drawn in the sand, and that's that ego that comes in where people that's, go, "No, that is not how this works." That's and you what go, I'm saying. Oh, and okay. why find offense in these things, right? And and I simplify it down to, I I say jokingly these meathead logics, right? Yeah. You know, because because you're a meathead. I'm a meathead, right? I like to pick up heavy things and I like to twist people. <laughs> I like to twist people <laughs> and tie them in knots. Uh, another another faith based guy that I really respect, a guy named Tom DeBlast out of Jersey, right? He he made a quote today and he was talking about his daughter said, "Oh well, you don't look like other daddies. She's young, right?" And he goes, "Well, most other daddies don't have jobs that you know toss around other men." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Okay, well, I get that. You know, I do that and." chunk around steel at, at the yard right? yeah so anyhow so these meathead logics of like 
you know, just the general basis. And I mean, people try to make these grand things, which spirituality, martial arts, enlightenment, whatever, they're grand, right? But yeah. there's, there's simplicity in these things. And where Christ says, where my faith is based, is he says, don't put any God before me. Okay, cool, I get that. Now love your neighbor as yourself. As yourself. Yeah. Now let's let's just keep it at that, fellas. And I'm sitting here and I'm looking at that and I'm like, okay, we can, I, and I've heard this my entire life. I've been brought up in it, right? The last six months, like I said. Because your dad was a preacher. My dad was a preacher, man. I was, I was as young as I can remember. I can remember being in the church, yeah. right? I can remember the, the traditional Southern Baptist concept, the hard pews, you know. I was told when I was very young after my dad passed that, you know, oh, you're going to burn in hell because you have long hair. I got piercings. I got tattoos. The tattoos you know? went over real well. All these, yeah. You know, those concepts, right? So obviously you've known, you know, and, and over the years I've had that resistance. But then it's like you, within these last several months, like I said, you look at it to where, okay, I'm going to break this down to the simplest form. I've got to love myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've got to go back to the ego. I've got to figure out why am I offended by these things? What am I upset about within myself? What yeah. did I do wrong that I'm going to hold against myself? It all, it's, you know, God, the root of all of this is that it's something we talk about all the time, but it all starts inside. It you does. Know, we, it really does. And we're all kind of always running through life looking out there. Mm -hmm. for the answers and mm -hmm. looking at other people for the problem and everything else. And like, it really just comes back to what's in here. Mm -hmm. And you know, when, whenever this whole journey started, you know, the, the first name of this podcast was going to be explore, enlighten, evolve. It was going to be the E3 podcast. And it's like, Digging. that really is kind of what we're doing with ourselves. It's what we're doing with the world is like you explore, you know, looking for answers, you enlighten when you find those answers and then you evolve into a better version of the thing, you know, whether mm -hmm. it's an individual you know, or a family that's doing work together or it's, or it's a society or whatever it might be. But it's like, I realized early on in this thing, like out of nowhere, like, dude, we, we, we hold so much shit against ourselves. You know, like I, I started being mindful and caring, like walking around thinking about what I was feeling in, in any given moment. Mm. And I realized that like 80% of the time when I felt an emotional shift, it was frustration. Yeah, yeah. And that frustration was usually with myself. Mm -hmm. So it's like, whenever you can't forgive yourself for all the little things that you do wrong or the little fuck ups or whatever, you spill the milk, you know, and you're like, God, idiot, you mm -hmm. know, and you do that. Well, then you go to work or you, you, you know, you have your kids around or whatever. Mm -hmm. You're going to, you know, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Cause if you don't, then you're going to hate them the way you hate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's, mm -hmm. that's how it goes. You know, it's like you learn to forgive yourself and it's the as within, so without principle, you know, mm -hmm. whatever goes on here is going to go on out there. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you create your reality that way. I mean, you, you hear people all the say, say all the time, you know, oh, they made me so mad. Nobody can make you mad. You choose to feel mad about something that you were a part of. You were in a conversation. You didn't like what somebody had to say. They didn't do that and make you mad. Mm -hmm. You chose to be mad. That's mm -hmm. it. Everything is a choice. And Word. when you can start to recognize that, I mean, as a year ago, I threw out the book on pretty much everything I know. <laughs> I just, right. just, I, all my preconceived notions, all that I hold on to hard facts, oh, I, I held on to truth, shit. and then just threw everything out and just started to look at everything completely different. And, you know, it's been a year of incredible growth in my life, um, spiritually, mentally, physically, everything. But it really was a recognition of, I don't know anything mm -hmm. and I can't walk around like I do. And as soon as I came to the realization of that, 
I started to appreciate things in a completely different way, started to think about things in a different way. I got people like you guys in my life that have, we have these conversations, right? And you pull things from those and then you start to practice them and you do realize, you know, it, it is what you create. It's the choice you make in the moment that creates the moment. And if you can start to harness that and use that in every moment and really in every moment actively, how do you want to be? Uh, it's your choice. I mean, it's your life is perception. It's your perception of what's going on around you. And when you can start to control that perception, everything starts to change. Everything that you think you can't control all of a sudden is within your control. Mm -hmm. And it's a it's a beautiful thing. It doesn't work all the time, but nobody's perfect. You know, we all get caught up in that uh, the ego will rear its ugly head. And then you look back on something the next day or ah, an shit, hour I after it happens. That and you well. go, oh, that you know what? I got to mm, think about that again. And it's 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 on you. Um, you you posted that thing the other day. Uh, there's like eighty six thousand seconds in a day or something like mm -hmm. that. You posted that, right? I don't remember the exact. But it was like it was like there's eighty six thousand seconds or whatever in a day, and it's like, um, did you really have a bad day, or did you just, or did you have a bad twenty minutes, and then you let some, you know, then you let those thoughts, you know, Exactly. Take over the rest of your day. Exactly. That might have been two different posts. That's two different posts. But yeah, whatever, yeah. you know, same, same it's, difference. It's the same concept. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same, one same, but different. Someone, one of them was if if someone stole ten bucks out of your bank account and you had eighty six grand in it, would you oh, chase them it. down to go get that ten bucks? Ah. And in reality, you know, that's what that person cutting you off in the intersection, and then you you, you put off all this negative energy. And here is the thing: like you talk about the ego, because it's like, how dare you do that to me? Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that mm -hmm. I've come to my own enlightenment, right, or, or understanding. You, you talk about putting away the things that you know. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between knowing something and understanding something. Yeah. Yes. You see what I'm saying? And that's and I, I feel like I kind of went on the same thing. It's like I don't know Jack. Yeah. But I understand a few things. Like I feel a few. When things. did you start to get that way? Like what was what what was happening in your life where you got to the point where you're like, because you know. Everybody has a pretty entrenched belief system by the time they're in their late twenties, yeah. right? Like this is when the you know when a lot of things in the brain stop changing at that point. Yeah. And I forget what the name of the that part of the brain is, um, where it's it's the part of your b brain that uh, grows while you're learning about things that form your worldview, mm -hmm. and then at like twenty five, it stops. You know what I mean? Which is why a lot of people argue that that should be the legal age of an adult should be 25 instead of 18 yeah. fair enough is around there is when is when the part of your brain that does the um that looks for the places to get information to to do the processing and, and make decisions mm -hmm. that part stops growing at like 25 so for he for jc and i both you know we've kind of been on this journey for the last couple of years i think you and i have recently re reconnected mm -hmm. after you know a long time of not getting to have these conversations yeah. so I think it's interesting that you know it's like the the late twenties or whatever where, the, where these realizations start to happen because we we've, we've all been plenty entrenched in our belief systems. Sure, um, I'm going to disagree a little bit. I don't know if it's the late twenties or you know, and this is going to sound a little bit more on one belief system or not. I don't care, but it's it's some about the time, dude. Like I feel. What do you people, mean? People like now. Oh, oh, yes. In yes. the sense of. We talk about the different cultures, the different belief Dude, systems. Dude, I totally agree. All these yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Right? That makes totally no, no, no. age groups. Very special. I've got homies that are in their 60s. I've got mm -hmm. homies that are in their 50s, their 40s, their 30s. And I had a conversation with a contractor that was, 
he's late 40s, maybe early 50s, yesterday. Mm-hmm. He's like, David, I feel this, yeah, this stirring inside of me. Something's going on. And I said, I'm glad, I'm glad you came to talk to me, dude, because I'll be real. Like I was doing my morning cardio, and I said, God, give me somebody today, somebody that needs to hear something. And then Keith comes up to me and tells me, hey, man. I, I need to pray something. for that more. That was a you good see, prayer dude, to throw out there. Here's here's my... Give me somebody to drop some Jesus on today. Just some love, yeah. right? Here's my ultimate goal, and I had another conversation with a, a friend of mine last night. Dude's in his 40s. His son's one of my students. He'll be one of the goats one day, right? Um, greatest of all time, by the way. That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we got you. Anyways. Um, I actually didn't know what the goat meant all these times. People keep saying that he's the goat. Yeah. So I'll, I'll make that confession. Oh, I didn't right. know what Fair that enough. meant, so yeah. thanks for clearing that up. Greatest of all time. See, Greatest of all time. I, I knew it meant that something. Yeah. That kind of thing, like awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now I, I know it, it's, it actually is an acronym, and that's what it means. Really good. Um, yeah. so I anyways. usually don't ever find out what the fuck the acronyms mean until like a year later. Yeah. Everybody's all already like stopped using it and then I find out what it is. Well, and especially now at our age, right? And we all have I'm too kids, old for this. Right? We all we all said we were gonna keep up, you know, when we ah, had kids. Dude, we were like yeah, we I'm were, never gonna be like my parents. I'm not gonna lose the ball I'm, on yeah, that. Nope. Dad no jokes A <laughs> one, dude. Like that's and like I've I've realized I have these jokes and I and I and I hear these things. Mm-hmm. I'm like, is that is that really? Like is that verbiage mm-hmm. for today? Yeah. Lit. You know, Lit. Lit, I bet that went up and ran with you know, it. but I don't like want to. I don't want to make a conversation any further about that. Anyways, I'm, go I'm, on, feel, I'm go feeling on. older by, by the moment. You just you, talking uh, about to talk it. about this the the enlightenment side, right? And, yes. and the age base. Now that I feel and, like I'm 300 years old, yeah, <laughs> but we're not, man. It's a matter of where you where you're at in your life, right? Yeah. And so anyway, anyway, we're, this we're praying this for people time. and, and yeah. looking for someone to to love, right, and to do it appropriately. Um Man, I think that's one of the biggest keys, and this is what you're doing here, and this is what, like you said, in the last several years, what a lot of these people, no matter what the age, we've come to this point to where it's like, okay, how can I, and this is something that within our team, my jiu-jitsu team, um, is a saying within my coach. He says, we rise by lifting others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I can elevate JC, if I can elevate Adam, however may be, change your tire, shoulder to cry on, whatever. If I can elevate you, in turn, I'll be elevating myself because it goes back to what we were talking about, love my neighbor like myself. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and that's every, where yeah, you're going to find that, and that's where you're going to find that real growth, you know? Yeah, dude. Because um, some of these things are uncomfortable, and it goes back to what we were talking about before, this darkness that we've experienced within our own selves or the, the valleys, per se, right? Yeah. Um, sometimes... Elevating somebody else isn't necessarily convenient, right? It's it's those hard yeah. things that it's not fun, you know, because you're you're dealing with some stuff, and you know what? I got stuff to do. It's, it's like, easy it's to like say 2 that. It's p.m. on a Saturday. You know that. what I mean? It, I got stuff to do. Yeah. You know what I did one time? I uh, <laughs> fucking tell this story because uh, it's gonna be like the dumbest story to so many people, um, but it was like such a big turning point in my life. I watched JC's fucking stupid dog one time. And he was going mm-hmm. on a uh, a vacation with mm-hmm. his family, mm-hmm. and like I knew he had this dog. It's not like any dog. This is a horse dog. Yes, he was like 120 pounds. He was six months old, and he was a half Great Dane, half this other kind of dog that's big and fucking crazy. And so he was man. He's he was insane. Mm-hmm. And I knew that no one else would watch this dog for him. 
And if they didn't have someone to watch the dog, they couldn't take a family trip. And he needed a trip. They all needed a trip. And I was like, man, what if, I'm going to watch this fucking dog. I'm just going to, I'm going to take this dog for like four days or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. It was yeah. a long time. They had just pulled out of my driveway the first time he shit the floor. Yeah. Right? And this is, this is a giant horse turd. Right, of a 120-pound dog. Like a whole roll of paper towels. Yeah, he yeah. just pulled out of the driveway. And Ashley, my girlfriend, was like, uh, should, should we call them or make sure it's okay or whatever? I said, <laughs> nope. I said, they are going on a trip, and they need to fucking, if, we're gonna, if, we're, if I'm going to watch their dog, they are not going to hear about the dog. They're not going to think about the dog. Mm-hmm. They're just going to go and have a good time. Dog shit my floor about 30 times in the next four days. He was just... Nervous, mm-hmm. and pissed, and shit all over. Never my lived house. in a house with carpet. And he's a puppy. <laughs> he's used he to was wood. like this grass indoor yeah. is nice. Yeah, yeah, it's really soft. And uh, man, he was like biting. You know, my, you you know Thor, mm-hmm. but he's like biting at Thor. So I've got a German Shepherd for anybody who doesn't know who hasn't followed the page for very long. Uh, I've got a 110 pound German mm-hmm. Shepherd named Thor, and so JC's punk ass dog is like biting Thor on the dick and like putting his head between his legs from behind and trying to bite his nuts when he still had his nuts. And Thor was just running, looking at me going like, dad, what do I do? Yeah. Like he knew he couldn't hurt him yeah. and he didn't sleep for like four days. The dog wouldn't leave him alone. Anyway, this was such a challenging experience for me. But by the end of it, I realized this is the first time I've ever really put myself out for a friend. There you go. And then I had this massive... Uh, like hurricane of realization going you're not a very good friend Mm. you know what I mean Mm. and it was like this 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 uh it's like when you stand in a bathroom and there's a mirror on both sides (laughs) you get this reverberating infinite mirror effect and I was like god I'm not a very good friend but man I did this nice thing for my friend because I wanted to be a good friend and that's kind of cool right (laughs) you know and it's like it became a whole thing but all to the point that like Maybe some people are slow learners like me, and maybe it takes them 32 years to like realize, like, hey, here, there are some things that good friends do, mm-hmm. and by being a good friend, it's super freaking rewarding because you're doing something. Like, it made me happy to be able to, for, for, the, for their family to be able to take a trip because mm-hmm. no one watches crazy fucking dog. Like, it made me feel really good, and that's the thing. It's like you tr- love your neighbor as yourself. Treat your friends, you know, like your family. Treat your family like yourself. To to add to that, man, this is the way I, because I try to be a good friend, right? You know, I, I do my best. And, you are right. Um, to whoever it is and whatever standard of that friendship, I try to be the best friend that I can. And love appropriately. Love appropriately, man. That's that's what I've been running with for months. And and yeah, it's true. You, right? you, yeah. you said that to me. That stuck with me. I actually dropped that on somebody the other day. Good. It man. came from you. Oh wow! Love appropriately. Uh, yeah, that's going yeah. in the back pocket. Yeah, that's that's good. Run with that, folks, because I mean, it's one of those things like the the appropriate love within brothers, within friends, right? If I see JC struggling in an area or not performing at his best, right? Um, some of those relationships may be like, "Hey, buddy, you know, like pick it up, dude. Like check yourself, you mm-hmm. know." And then within the jujitsu world, the great thing is I get to. Maybe in like combat jujitsu is a thing, right? This is a real thing. I get to slap you. Yeah. Right? Tough love. So tough love, violent love, which again is some Christ love, some yeah. dirty love. Let me right? ask you while you're here and on this subject and throw a hypothetical, 
how do you approach situations? Because it's going to be people that are listening to this, going to try to utilize this. We deal with this in our own life. How do you, when you're trying to build somebody up and that person is prideful, mm-hmm. says, leave me alone. I don't need your help. They give you that pushback. What is your advice for somebody who's trying to do what we're talking about here, who knows this person needs help, who knows they're your, their friend, who they can provide something for them. But mm-hmm. you know, there's just so many people out there who are too prideful. You know, you're trying to build something, you're trying to do something to better that person, trying to give them tough love or even, you know, appropriate amounts of what they need at that time. And you get that pushback. I don't need your help, man. I get you. I've got some of those, right? We yeah. all do. Um, you can't really do anything for them. They don't want to be helped, well, right? And that's that's what it comes down to. One, you can't help anybody that doesn't want to be helped. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be real, guys. Like you're going to hear a lot of things because this is the way I was raised, right? And and some of these things are going to sound cliche, or some of them, you know. And and it's just straight scripture, right? And it's what I've applied my my life off of, you know. And don't grow weary in doing good, you know. what I mean, like you know that you got to love this dude mm-hmm. because, like you said. Nobody else is going to watch this dog. This dog shits everywhere. Yeah. No one wants to watch that dog. I probably wouldn't watch that dog. My house is way too small. 30 shits in a week. That's that's like my whole I mean, house. I didn't leave him there all fucking weekend. Well, still, there's like residue, right? <laughs> um, so, you know. Next you episode, we're going to teach David how to use carpet cleaner when a dog shits the floor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you talk about that. I had to, I, when I moved back into my place, you know, there was a situation similar to that, and I just gutted the whole house. I ripped all the carpet, to, pulled all the tile, and I was like, just replace it all. I can't do this. And I was, I'd, I'd be willing to do bare concrete. But go back. You can't, you know, get tired of doing it, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. And if if you do, or if you get frustrated with it, or you're like, man, I've been doing this. Yeah, you know, I've I've been here. I've I've been saying this to you for however long, and I'm preaching to myself in this, right? Because I get like this with some people. Again, obedience is greater than sacrifice. Don't do it as a sacrifice. Do it because it's right. Yep. And be there for your homies because it's right. Yeah. And love them appropriately. And if if that forceful approach isn't what they need then you have to be conscious enough within yourself to be like, all right, well, this ain't working, so I'm I'm going to lighten yeah. up some, and I'm going to back off, and I'm going to give them that space. And in the sense of just life and, and trying to help somebody, what I've found for me and some friends that we've had that we, that we all know, man, I just, I was me. And and here's the thing, I was me in my darkness, and he saw this. I was me in the light moments, and he saw this. Mm-hmm. He felt me. He saw me. And then, man, I seen, I seen what you were doing, and you stayed the path. Like, you struggled. You fell down. You got back up. You kept going. Hey, what about that, Dave? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? It's like, dog, I talked to you 10 years ago. You know <laughs> what I mean? And I still got another homie 20 years ago, right? Yeah. But at the same time, I'm still going to love you. And there's another guy that I that I follow, and he says something. There's a saying that, you know, I'll, I'll keep it pushing. 
I'm gonna make it quick. There's some people, and we know these, right? They're you've tried. Yeah. yeah. They're toxic a little bit, right? Yeah. I'm still gonna love you, but I'm gonna make it quick, and I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna pray for you. I'm gonna keep going. That's your love ready, appropriately. That's what yeah. I'm saying, someone, right? Someone in chat. So Green Violin in chat says, "I think you always need." To extend grace and patience toward them because sometimes a little push can go a long can really go a long way. Yeah. That's it. I think that's a good thing. That's it. Life's great mirror. Josh says in David's position, I say separate them from their pride. He's got a strong arm. He's saying you need to break it. <laughs> so that's always works. And uh, and sometimes in a martial arts sense, that's that's a way, right? Yeah. And you do that um, sometimes too. I just know people need that tough love. There's people out there. There's tons of people out there. Almost every person that's listening right now has somebody they're watching struggle, and either doesn't know how to help them, has tried to help them, and they get frustrated. And I guess I love the way that you put it is because that's how I feel. It's like you don't quit. You don't just, well, I tried, and then give Mm -hmm. up, you know, because it could be 10 years. It could be 10 years down the road. It could be 20 years down the road. And and those little moments that you thought that you got all that pushback or that didn't work, you didn't quit. You didn't give up. You stayed around, or at least you accepted and we prayed for them, Mm -hmm. kept doing you. They're usually, you find out, watching. Or if they're not going to admit that they're watching, they are. They're observing. And I just see so many people out there that will write off somebody mm-hmm. because they couldn't get through to them. And I guess, you know, in a lot of ways, just by being there in whatever sense that you are, you're doing good work. But Well, my thing is, is like, okay, you write that person off because you can't get through to them. Why are you writing them off? Are you writing them off because of them or are you writing them off because of you? Yeah. Oh, man, I couldn't do that. Like, I couldn't get through Adam. You know what I mean? And so I'm just going to drop. Okay. You know, and then like what you said, what kind of friend does that make you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you're, if you're striving to be a better friend, if you're striving to be a better man, a better human, woman, whatever, then that's what it is. And that's, I mean, that's not to go into the the history of it, but that's what, with me, I, what brought me back into, to this side of it. Right. Mm -hmm. There was a time, a lifetime ago that, I didn't feel like I was a good friend to you. Yeah. And just within myself, that's where it goes back to the loving yourself side, right? You've got to forgive yourself for things. Yeah. That's if, it. I, if I believe yeah. I'm a good man or if I believe I'm going to be a good friend, where wasn't I? Yeah. Yeah. Where, where, where wasn't I and why and how do I do different? And let's swallow the ego. Let's swallow the pride and say, hey, look, I fucked up here. Yeah. And not, and this is something like what we were, which to go back on, like why you don't grow weary or grow tired and doing that good. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I break my life down to like three, maybe four lives now in the 32, 33 years I've been. Right. Here. Um, one of the enlightened moments within my second life, right. Um, was the right thing isn't always necessarily the right thing in the sense of you would maybe have a moral or even a legal right to do something. Okay. But for the greater good, for the love of that individual, it's not the right thing to do to them. It's not the right thing to go about, right? And so... Some people would say, hey, I've tried to get through to this person. The right thing is just, I'm done. Don't waste your time. Yeah. But the right thing is to love them appropriately. And like I said, in, in some ways, in some So you're people, saying just not washing your hands of people. No, man, but you instead can't. of that, 
You can't. Instead of that, putting them on, on a leash of the appropriate length. You know, whether that length is six feet or 50 miles, mm-hmm. right? Because we've had some people that we even we grew up with mm-hmm. that, you know, like you just want to keep loving them and trying to extend as much as you can to them. But at a point, people are going to do what they're going to do. It's a toxicity. It's a, and it's a thing. And like you say, it's it's uh, not that you ever cut that cord and completely write someone off or that you even want to even think about it that way, which is a good point that I never really thought of in, mm-hmm. in, in those terms. But it's, it's just not letting yourself think that way even. But just anytime they do come to mind or you see them anywhere or they're brought up in conversation, you're like, you don't, you know, you don't go to, I've written them off. I'm done with them. I've tried. You go to, maybe, maybe there's a one in a million chance that they get. I wish to, them well. I wish them well. Mm-hmm. You know, if I could be a part of that one in a million chance, then, then great. But it's going to be done at an appropriate Here's the thing, distance. man. I'm, I'm going to, and like this, uh, this ties into this. And this is one of those struggles that you know, my family has dealt with. But this is such an enlightened word that everybody that's watching needs to hear this, right? My 13-year-old nephew is on the spectrum of autism, and he was just diagnosed with leukemia, right? So family's going through that. He's in the process of his healing right now, right? Through the treatment and through everything else, he's, he's healing. He's getting better. So a couple weeks ago, I go to see him in the hospital and I didn't know that I got to experience something that I didn't really necessarily want to experience in my life, but I got to experience a cancer patient leaving the hospital for the first time. Oh, wow. Which is honestly pretty rad. Pretty cool moment. Yeah. You know, some of the nurses like, bye, I hope I never see you again. You know what I mean? And I'm like, (laughs) yes, I love that. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's appropriate love. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's well, in the sense like, hey, you're gonna get better and you won't have to come stay here anymore and you're gonna live a healthy life, right? This little boy's looking at me, strapped on his backpack, he's ready to go. He's got a port in his chest where he's gonna receive chemo the next week, mm-hmm. right? And he looks at me and he looks at you with this just very Chris type look and he says, you know, Uncle David, if you surround yourself with people that have good energies, then those energies can help you heal. And if that's a lot like the way prayer works, Uncle David, because that's good energy that's coming towards you. Yeah. And, and it helps he's you heal. He's 13. He's 13 and he's autistic, right? And, and I look at him and I get so tears smart. in my eyes and I, and, I, and I just tell him, I'm like, son never change yeah mm-hmm. always be who you are because what you are is beautiful right God. that that spirit is is insane and i you know i tell my brother and my sister-in-law you know good job right yeah killer job raising this boy but to keep that mentality right not just within the internal of what it can do for me and my healing but let's keep that mentality in the external of what it can do for the same homies that you and I are thinking of. Yeah. Right? That have wronged many. But okay. How does that make you feel? And I and I've had some of these conversations, right? Yeah. And I know what it makes you feel. Forgive yourself. So when he does come up and now, it's positive energy. Man, I wish you well. Yeah. I hope you and I hope you can elevate that love that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Elevate God to that level 
and find a peace within yourself, right? That's what I want for anybody. I tell within, you know, I jokingly put on my Instagram, love, peace, and heel hooks. So, right? So, so if you're talking about loving appropriately and having the ability to give, you know, go ahead and send people those best wishes, wish them well on their journey, right? Mm-hmm. Even though you're not at their house every single day trying to help them detox because mm-hmm. that's not really appropriate at a point because of what well help them detox and let's put it in a, in a in a real life tangible sense right if you're a former addict yeah and you've got the homie over there that is going through withdrawals mm-hmm. probably not a good idea for you to go sit there with him and experience that yeah because what will that do to you well the, yeah you know you can look at it you know like the way i look at it is uh, i look i look at things in terms of spirits and demons mm-hmm. you know 100%. And uh, whether you're looking at that from a Christian context or a Hindu context, I mean, these are all any, any spiritual way you want to look at it, you know, surrounding yourself with those demons and immersing yourself in those waters is, is a is a touchy thing. Mm-hmm. It's something you need to be really careful with. You know, it's not that no one in the world can do that. It's just that not everyone in the world should. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. And it's drawing those boundaries is key, mm-hmm. you know, and that goes from who do you keep out to who do you bring in? You know, we, we've reconnected in the last couple of years between us, mm-hmm. you know, guys, the guys that I grew up with that were probably the best guys I grew up with ethically and that I connected with the most and in every other way, it was always you guys. Mm-hmm. And then we all went our whole adulthood without ever kicking it to the last couple of years. And then I've come to find out like we've all been on these sort of separate spiritual journeys <laughs> that are mm-hmm. totally different, but at the same time, almost completely the same. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And you start surrounding yourself with people like that. You know, with again, like a nephew, you know, it's like positive people, positive mm-hmm. energies, um, positive vibrations, positive spirits, whatever, however you want to look yeah, at it. No, I get it. And it's, you know, sometimes you, you you say all those words in a succession and it just clicks with people and they go, oh shit, it, it's, it really is the same thing. Yes. It, it's really just different ways of different words you put on it, whether you want to. It's different language. It's, it's just a different language. It's, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I've got homies that speak different languages, right? And then when they're around their family, Francisco Canales is a good example. And that's another dude that we all know that has come back and is in a great place in his life, right? Yeah. And But I remember the first time, and he's the dude that taught me how to throw a right hand, right? Mm-hmm. And the first time I go over his house and I'm hitting the bag with him, I see him go over and talk to his mom, and I was like, oh, his mom looks nice. I want to go say hi. I'm like, oh, hi, Miss Canales. And he looks at me. He's like, hey, bro, don't talk to my mom. She don't speak English. <laughs> and I'm like, um, I didn't know. And he goes, what do you mean you didn't know? I'm, my last name's Canales. I'm, you know, my family's from Mexico. And I go, dude, you don't even have an accent. I didn't know you spoke Spanish. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know? And it's one of those things like. The words. It's, it's a word. Yeah. You know, but these words, and that goes back to other concepts of life of you know what do you say yeah. what are you thinking what are you saying yeah because these words have power yeah you know because they have the ultimate meaning what's behind them so you surround yourself with people with positive words positive spirits lead to positive thoughts lead to positive words positive actions, actions and then positive, positive habits re- habits positive results you know what is it positive what character aristotle said that uh, we are what we repeatedly do excellence therefore is not an act but a habit it's one of my favorite quotes ever. Wow, I like that. You Excellence know, we, is not an act, we, but a habit. We are what we, we repeatedly do, mm-hmm. right? That's what we are. Yep. We, we're, we're not what we do once. We're, 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 we are the sum of our habits and, our, and our, our rituals and our values and all that, right? We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, therefore, is not an act, 
but a habit. You live in a state of excellence mm -hmm. or you don't, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But that, again, it goes back to what we were saying at the very beginning of this, this whole discussion is that every moment that you're doing something challenging, or even if you're not, you're making a decision. Mm -hmm. And every single moment you make a decision and it's for love or for fear and you're guided you know, by that, by that comfort in the immediate moment or for the desire for long-term gratification. And it's that delayment of gratification that makes the difference between someone who is happy in the long term and somebody who lives moment to moment and just jumps from one momentary decision to another. And what I've seen is that like surrounding myself with you guys in my life, having the amazing men in my life that I do, we're willing to deal with the tough, the tough times moment to moment day to day, week to week or whatever, with the eventual goal in mind of, of doing the right thing mm -hmm. and building the life for ourselves, for our family, and ultimately a world that we wanna live in and that we wanna pass on to our kids. Well, and that's a different way of thinking, I think. And it's it's a, a way of thinking that, well, it's like you said- it's a maturity that it, you come to, right? But it's like you said earlier, that I, I wanna kinda come back to is that I think we live in a really freaking special time. Mm -hmm. I really do believe that, I'm, I'm glad that you said that, you know, I wasn't going that direction, but I 100%, 100%, truth truth, that's right? just it, yeah, it's just, it is. And you know, I was, I was I was at Waffle House the other day having a freaking breakfast, dude. And the uh, lady that worked there was sitting behind the counter and I just, I don't know what she was saying, but all I heard was, man, I would not want to raise a kid in this world. It is a messed up place. Mm. That's what she said. And that's all I heard. And I was like, man, what a, what a really terrible thing to say, mm -hmm. you know? And I looked up at her and I said that out loud. I said, wow, what a, and I said it real sweet. You know, I, I put on as much yeah, like. Yeah. Not confrontation. Yeah, I was just like, man. As what much a, honey. As much honey as I could, you know? I was like, <laughs> man, what a, what a, what a really terrible thing to say. And she looked at me all confused. She goes, well, what? Like, I mean, just think about how bad it is. Everybody hates each other. Everybody's killing each other. Everybody's racist. Everybody's sexist. Everything is horrible for everybody. And I spent just, you know, a couple of minutes talking to her. I was like, you know, this is it's a beautiful time to be alive. It's a beautiful time to be alive. You know what I mean? We've got we're we're doing we have entire communities of human beings that are getting together on shows like this, talking about how to make the world a better place. We've got people, we've got hundreds or thousands of people that are gonna see this mm -hmm. that are that are even interested in watching people talk about ways to spread love and understanding and positivity and make the world a better place. There are no conferences, no, there aren't hundreds of podcasts out there dedicated to ruining the world. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. this, 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 this world may at the very top in some elite circles be, you know, directed or guided by some really evil people who are really greedy and whatever else. But when you look at all the podcasts out there, how many of them are about ruining the earth and, making everybody hate each other. Well, they're, they're not. They're, you know, we've got thousands of podcasts geared toward positivity, yeah. you know, and none that are just blatantly the you know, the opposite. So this lady ended up tearing up in, the, in Waffle House and she was like, wow, it's whatever. I was probably better at explaining it at that moment. But, you know, she was really, ha I guess, happy or affected or impacted by that, right? So I go back like three or four weeks later with Ashley, not thinking about it. And anyway, she just walked up and she told Ashley, she goes, you know, he came in here one day and she goes, he completely, I was saying something about how bad the world was and he completely changed. Same lady. My Same lady. Wow. She said, my whole outlook changed. And um, 
you know, she was in her late 40s, early 50s. She's a grandma. Mm-hmm. And she was like there at the table and she told that, said that in front of Ashley. And she was like, you know, and I said, I'm glad, I'm glad I was able to, you know, to, to get, get your day or change the course of your day. She goes, oh, you changed the course of my life. Mm. And all it took was in that moment, I felt like there was, there was that electrical, that electromagnetic sort of, um, that attraction that that lady, what she was saying, I felt a need to show her some love. To let to, to show, show grace to yeah to show yeah to show yeah. her that the the world is not mm-hmm. you know it's not this thing that you obviously think it is because I mean that's not a fun place to live no. yeah you know when you create your reality look guys look at this room this is this is a about a fifteen by fifteen foot room and yet this room makes up one hundred percent of what I can see about the known universe right now. There's n- uh, this is the only thing I can see in the whole universe is this one little spot. The other 99.99999% of the universe is in my mind right now. Mm-hmm. And if I think that there are people outside this door in the street trying to kill each other and trying to kill me and they're making everything terrible, that's what's going on in my brain. So 99.99999% of my universe is shitty all the time if that's how I think. Mm-hmm. So if you see a Waffle House lady of your own it's like always be on the lookout for that kind of, you know, that kind of opportunity. Opportunity well, to, that's, to, that's to show what some we were grace. Talking about earlier is like you know, and and you know, showing that person grace is seeking that, asking for that, looking for it. Right? If mm-hmm. you know, out of sight, out of mind, almost. I guess you know, in the sense that you're if you're not paying attention for those things. But to go back to what you're saying, and it, it's going to tie into what you both were just saying. No, there's not these these things that are going out there to, you know, just straight up trying to ruin the world per se. But it's a matter of distraction, right? Yeah. And if yes. if you don't Jesus. make these choices, like what you were just saying, right? To say, you know what? What that lady said was a little jacked up, but I'm going to show her some grace and I'm going to talk to her decently i'm gonna show her some love and i'm gonna try to enlighten her however you want to call it right yeah and all you did was talk to her and and by doing that you're doing your part to change you know change this vibration change this spirit of the world change whatever you want to call it right and and what I was saying earlier for me, that's loving appropriately. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we really should do. That's showing that's for me, that's living the gospel, right? Is, is just trying to love these people. Yeah. yeah. And, and to go back to what I was saying is not finding offense in that, because as a parent, when you said that, right, there's a little bit of me that feels like, man, yeah. All right. There's some truth to that. Like it, there's, there's some hardships there, right? Just, but it's it's difficulties. Okay, yeah. now let's go back to what we were saying earlier. These difficulties, these hardships that we deal with. There's so much more opportunity for the ro- growth. Yeah, the, re- and, the reward and, is far greater when overcoming yes. a challenge versus being, you know, especially with being a parent. Yeah. Right, that's what I'm saying. Right, you know, with some of these opportunities. So, well, you you talk about change. You talk about choice. You talk about distractions. All these things that we're talking about are kind of how so many people get to that point where they go, this is a terrible, terrible world we live in. 
because people aren't living in gospel, walking in truth. People are distracting themselves moment to moment and how they can make themselves feel good. I lived yeah. my life that way for a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't feel good in this moment. I'm uncomfortable. What distraction? And we live in a world where there's tons of them. Oh, yeah. So now I get to just distract myself. Boom. Bingo, bingo. Yeah. Distraction <laughs> right there. Distraction. Yeah. All you can, you can, you can literally exist. Just a daisy chain distraction. Yep. You're just, <laughs> just you're just going swinging like fucking Spider Man w- between Manhattan one skyscrapers. One YouTube video that changes your mindset into uh, any sort of little dopamine response in there on every. It's, it could be a sugary treat. It could be a star. It, you, I'm just saying that the right now we live in a place where there is so many ways to not live in the moment and stay in the crappy moments and sit in the bad emotions and deal with those and process to come to a place where when somebody says something like that, you can reach out and go, I feel like I can help this person. Mm-hmm. You have to practice with what we're talking about in feeling the negative emotions, understanding all of them, because so many people are walking around, and I know this from personal experience, just jumping from one how can I make myself feel good moment Mm -hmm. to the next and ignoring so many things that holistically you have to have the sweet and the sour I mean if you ate sweet all the time eventually it doesn't taste good anymore you know I mean you have to have sour you you have to have balance in your life of both things and it's just too easy for people nowadays to ignore the harder parts of life Mm -hmm. and you find people that just walk around with the mentality that right now the world is what we see in a great place where we get to to live the life that we're living and never thought we'd be sitting in a room having these conversations with people that really want to talk about being better speak it's because we've worked to achieve a level of um understanding of how the world works and um i don't know there's just too many people that don't take the time because because of the distractions yeah it's just Mm -hmm. it's just way too easy that's what it comes down to man is is a if you're not going to achieve a goal whatever it is spiritually physically whatever it's a matter of the distractions yeah i have people tell me all the time oh well you know when it comes down to training i don't have time mm-hmm. it's not true you have time but you also have priorities yeah so what are your priorities and or what are your distractions what what is what are you putting in in front of this or what is keeping you from achieving these goals? Some people on just this sense of understanding of the world's not this terrible place is the distractions that they allow to to take hold. And it, you know, not to go down that rabbit hole, but it's, you know, media and all these things that you the news and everything else that you look at, it's a lot of negative shit. Yeah. Right? So those are a lot of negative distractions. But even within the positive, right, even within the flow, you can get distracted. So that's where it goes back to a choice. It's that knowing, it's that faith that you have, that you're putting to work, and it's a choice. Every moment, every opportunity, like what I, I, and I forgot it already, but what you said was really good earlier, you know, making a choice to make that moment the moment or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um I've been saying that often for the last several months. Like, today is the day. The day for what? The day to love. The day to encourage JC. The day to help that person that I don't even know. It's that day. Because 
that person needs that day, right? But it's a choice. And it's based off of these distractions. And what's viewing me right now is probably our number one distraction. It's probably mine, is my phone. Your phone. Right? It's what you hold in your hand, right? That's probably nine out of ten people that are, you know, watching this right now. That's their number one distraction. And it's a matter of having the discipline. Going back to what you were saying, Adam, the, you know, excellence is not... It's not an act. It's, it's a habit. It's not an act. It's a habit. Yeah. And in, in my world, within jiu-jitsu, we say drillers make killers. Yeah. Right? There you the, go. The, at the highest level, it's not the guys that just go in there and roll, right, and just grapple, to, to, to grapple. Yeah. The guys that are at the, the peak are dudes that have done that one move thousands upon thousands of times. And then they take that one move and they chain it to another, and it's chained to another, and it's chained to another, and then they have this flow, and they'll drill over and over and over again because that excellence, man, that guy got, got super lucky and landed that heel hook or whatever. No, man, he's drilled that for hours. Mm-hmm. And then now when he rolls out of bed and he falls, he hits the ground a certain way because he's setting up that entry. He doesn't – it's it's mechanical, right? But and it's a cho- so it, so it goes everywhere else in your life. Everywhere. Yes. But it's a choice. That's what yeah. I'm saying. And for me, going back to my faith, this is something that – an understanding that I never really heard the story a thousand times growing up. But I never really understood it. Peter's walking on water and sinks. You look kind of like Jesus in my mind sometimes. Maybe <laughs> skin's a little light probably. Got a nice glorious beard. Homie's making eye contact with Christ, and he gets distracted, and he sinks. Mm. In the moment. All right. Dude, you're fucking walking on water, bro, Mm -hmm. and you got distracted. I don't know. Maybe I'm just judging from the outside. I think I'd live in the moment, right? And I I don't don't think I... I don't want to feel like I'd get distracted in that moment. Mm -hmm. Maybe in the comfortable moments, right, you get distracted. But that's the thing is you have to make that choice. Every moment that you can, you have to be conscious every moment that you can to make that choice to try to be the best that you can, like we were saying, the best friend that you can, the best person, whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, we talk a lot um, uh, when we do talk about jujitsu. The funny thing that I always found about it is it's not a... It's not a brutal sport. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is to a certain degree, but it's that mental chess game. Mm-hmm. And you talk about drilling and setting up and understanding. And we talk about how it blends to other facets. But you know, if your opponent does this, I've got these three options. Or I've got yeah. this move that I can lead into this one. And you, as that moment happens, as your arm gets put in a certain way or you get their leg in a certain way, you know how to react in that moment. Mm-hmm. We talked about that the other weekend and talking about it in this, it's, it's, you can do that literally with anything. You can do that in a moment that you know is going to frustrate you every day at work because yes. you're going to get hit with that. Mm-hmm. Treat it like a drill. Mm-hmm. No, nope. I know this person does this every day at Preach. this time Preach. and I am going to lose it. Now, if you approach it like it's a drill, mm-hmm. it's that mental chess game that you're playing. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you can approach it. With three different options, you you yep. can start to lay out and map, and you know back to what we were talking about earlier, just being able to be cognizant of it and making those choices. Mm-hmm. 
it's it is it's um it's everything you do is the perception of that situation but you can prepare for things like you can prepare for a match you can prepare for a day of work you can prepare for a that uncomfortable Thanksgiving at your in-laws or wh- whatever the situation. Mm-hmm. I want I want to throw out there something that that um, I I I've ca- I keep running into the last couple of years, and then I I like fall out of practice, and then you know, and then it, it it comes back up a few months later. But like talking about setting intent before you go to bed, mm-hmm. setting intent the night before, mm-hmm. specifically just making that a ritual that you've got. So I've been digging back into my rituals here lately and pulling out the ones that have really worked for me over the last couple of years. You know, you go through good phases for like three months where you're just fucking kicking ass all the yeah, time, yeah, yeah. you know? And then like four or five months later, you're like, man, things have gotten kind of shitty. What's going on? And like, you forget. You broke that discipline. You broke that discipline. You just let it fizzle out. Mm-hmm. I feel like this time I've turned a corner though. Mm-hmm. I've never felt like this. I've been to the gym for eight days straight now, I think. Mm-hmm. But either gym, going to the gym or running, mm-hmm. which is actually probably the first time I've done that in 10 years. And I and now, even this morning at the gym, it wasn't even, A, it wasn't even hard to get up and go. Mm-hmm. And B, when I got there, I thought, holy shit. Um, I was so sore, I didn't really, I, just, I didn't even know what I could do. I was like, my yeah. whole body's so sore. But I went, I went, oh, maybe tomorrow I'll take a rest day and just not go to the gym. That's totally fine. It'll be like nine days straight, whatever. And then oh, I got anxiety. Mm-hmm. I was like, what do I do? I have to go to the gym. Yeah, yeah. What do I do now? You know, it's like I'm going to feel like I'm really slacking if I don't, you know, and it just becomes a thing. But every night before I go to bed, you know what I was doing is I would I would get in bed. I would set my intention and say I'm going to I'm going to get up in the morning and do this. And then I would sit there and go through in my head all of the excuses that I was going to go through. Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to be tired. You're going to be real tired. Mm-hmm. Your body's going to be sore. What are you going to say then? Mm-hmm. You know? And it was like, I went through this whole thing and I said, okay, what I did was I realized I don't want, I've never wanted to show up late for work because I don't want to get fired. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just set this this sort of forecast in my mind that I, I want to have this, this job. And that job is really a role that I want to fill in life to be able to help people find balance and, and, and health and wellness in all ways, you know, mm-hmm. in mind, body, and spirit. And if I can't dedicate myself to a to a massive physical transformation and stick to that, then I don't deserve that job. Mm-hmm. And that's how I look at it. And so when I get up in the morning, my boss is myself, and I, I look in the mirror in my mind as soon as my eyes open to my alarm clock, and I go, you don't have to get up at 6 a.m. or whatever. You could just sleep until 9 and go to work. You know, but it's mm-hmm. like no one's paying you to get fit. No one's paying you to change you know your your relationship with your with your physical wellness, but this is a job that I've I've t- I've applied for. You've got you to know? be authentic. Yeah, you know what I mean. But you know, it's it started with setting that intention. Well, it started with connecting with it. That's the fact that I wanted that role. Mm-hmm. You know, and I wanted to yeah be authentic and and we we talked about this the other day. Yeah, you can't really you can't really talk about your journey if you don't have a journey. You know, I can talk about David's journey. I could talk about JC's journey, but like who the hell wants, A, want, who wants to hear that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> rather just get it from you. And, and B, like, I don't know what it was like to overcome JC's obstacles. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was like to overcome David's obstacles. So I might be able to tell a couple anecdotes, but until I, I, until I know what it feels like to wake up consistently feeling like you got run over by a fucking bus at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. and not wanting to go to the gym and talking your way through it for 15 minutes and then getting your ass out and dragging yourself to the gym. I can talk about that now. But, dude, those are the days, man. Those are the days that 
on we break it out of the physical and into the mental side right? yeah on the, on the depression side yeah right i don't want to get out of bed like i don't want to get out of this house i don't want to do this back into the physical i don't want to go to the gym i don't want to get on those mats man i've got world champions killers that come in there and they're those guys want to hurt me yeah they don't right it we go- love each other but it's one of those things like Man, like this is tough, but in those moments, it goes from physical to mental. Is is when well, it goes physical to mental, and, and like you said, or we were talking about, you have to keep that discipline. But that's when the growth happens. Yeah. Yep. I was telling my guys this week. You know, I saw all of them just hurting, right? <laughs> Me included, right? And I could just tell some of them were sucking wind when they're not really sucking wind, and it's like, look, guys, I know this sucks, but just embrace this. You know, when, when you're on day eight, you say, okay, well, I'm not going to go to the gym tomorrow, and you start getting anxiety. Okay, now this is where as we grow, not like we were talking about earlier, maybe I don't know it, but I understand something. Mm-hmm. understand. Yeah. I got hit by a fucking train. Kind of, right? Yeah. So I'm not going to go in there, and in my mind, this is what I tell my guys, Let's, hey, it's not Abu Dhabi, which is like the Olympics of our sport, right? Mm-hmm. You're not training at a hundred today let's go at 40 or 50 yeah you know active recovery yoga yeah swimming whatever you know go in there and get some movement and then you'll you'll kind of appease that anxiety a little bit that you feel and then you'll still be able to make progress I can't speak I can't speak too much to the physicality part of this conversation, but you hit on it and I want to put a spotlight on it and you just put a great bow on it, is you felt anxiety. Mm, right? Yeah. You felt anxiety. And you had the wits about you, which I did not for the longest time as a sufferer of I say suffer, that's a terrible word, but I had chronic anxiety. You just, experienced I just experienced it. anxiety Experiencer all the time. Of and anxiety. I felt and I know there's so many people out there that I'm just overwhelmed with this anxiety. You went, I have anxiety. Oh, red flag. What do I do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a tool. Make a list. That is a tool. Most people go, oh, I have anxiety. I can't, I can't do this. No. I just want to say anxiety should be handled in those ways. You need to fight it. Yeah. Anxiety is a warning of something mm-hmm. that you know is not right yeah, you've or is got, not good. It's like anything else. You have a relationship with it. Mm-hmm. You have a relationship you with your anxiety. It. You embrace it, and yeah. then you understand how does that fuel me? How I did that with my ADD, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of people, I medicated every day for 12 years with my ADD mm-hmm. until I finally, you know, realized that like, hey, there's a, I can have a relationship with this aspect of myself and just treat it differently and set a different set of expectations mm-hmm. and a different set of habits and behaviors around it. And it can make a big difference. And your, your anxiety is no different. You go, yeah. all right, shit. It's an indicator that something's happening. Yeah. You know, let can me actually be a very useful and very helpful it's like thing. A spider in sense. Yeah, well, it, it very much is. <laughs> <A> spider <laughs> sense. I have tons of anxiety. What is going on? What do let I me, do with it? Little now. lightning bolts going outside yeah. of your head. And, and, and for, you know, again, for what I've been a part of and what I've been trying to push, you know, within the jujitsu community and a lot of people experience this just through working out or yoga or whatever. But for me, jujitsu was one of those biggest proponents to, to kind of, contain that anxiety and give me an outlet for that anxiety right mm-hmm. and i'm i'm a very small story in that regard because there's people you know veterans or 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 victims of you know ptsd of any standard that have and i'm i'm blessed to be able to be a part of 
those journeys yeah to try to be like hey look i get it and and i'm talking about jujitsu specific right i get it like life sucks right now you know what i mean you feel like the little emoji where the head's gonna explode right yeah. that's where you're at let's embrace this you're fine you're okay i'm here i try to be as as helpful as i can in that regard because i talk to myself like this right last night i had this military combatives instructor whatever he's 240 pounds he's a sweetheart but he's a terrifying human being when you see him right and we're rolling and he's just crushing me right on top and i'm like okay he, he can't break any of my limbs he can't choke me right now but this sucks there's a level of anxiety there right yeah. you just deal with it and then you're like okay like what you're saying adam how do i get out of this how do i find my way out of this and then you start setting the plan within jujitsu you find the underhook you start to hip escape. You start to get your knees inside. Tell my guys knees and elbows. Start building frames, right? Well, if you can start applying these in the physical, then in turn, you start to be able to apply them in the mental and then in the spiritual to where, okay, and, and on the, the biggest side of it for the anxiety within jiu-jitsu is like, okay, you've got anxiety about your spouse or your job or your kids or whatever. Come to me. For an hour, hour and a half, and I'm going to get you doing all these funky physical movements that you're going to have to focus on, otherwise you're not going to do them. And then we kind of use that ego that we were talking about earlier because you want to succeed, you want to do well. And even though we tell you in jiu-jitsu, leave it at the door because that's a whole other side of it. But, you know, I'm going to get you doing something. I'm going to get you distracted, right, from this negative with a positive distraction. And then when you've got this 250-pound, you know, combatives instructor that's trying to, to crush you, I can stay calm mm -hmm. and I can recover and I can find my route to success. Dude, I want to say something. And I wonder if it's, if it's irrelevant, if it's the same thing. But, like, you say that you're distracting people, but there's something about physical um, – is that it's, it's defending against a physical threat and not even in combat, but even like when I go hiking and mm -hmm. go up in the woods, you know, it's 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 that 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 momentary consideration of the existential of the of the, of the things that matter mm -hmm. most to your being alive, to your survival. wealth, to your survival. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And honestly, even if you have drama going on with your baby mama, it's still not as it's still not as as um as really truly important. Or potentially problematic as your own survival, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as blood and, flow to your brain at the moment. Right, right, exactly. So it's like you know, um, pretty much. I mean, your, your body's always going to take its own survival into the most account. You know what I mean? And then you start compartmentalizing. So in things a way, and you start ranking things. And the reason why I think that that's important to say is because with with martial arts, with yoga, with any of that stuff, you're you're not really distracting yourself so much as removing the distractions by drawing your focus to the most primal important thing that exists well put. beautifully put well put you know what i mean yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and that's why i started going hiking doing these solo hikes up in the cold and i told you guys it was just like it it takes all of you know because my job is it's so it's so fucking weird you know what mm -hmm. i mean like a lot of the you know i have to deal with a lot of clients and problems and things that are so far disconnected from what really matters to me as a human being yeah you know what i mean i got clients 
that are so disconnected from the, the problems that their companies have that they don't even know what the fuck they mean. And they're trying to make those things matter to me, mm-hmm. you know, so my, and they do because of the stress and the fact that they pay the bills. So it matters. Yeah. But, but the actual problem that I'm having to think through and discuss and worry about and stressing about is 20 levels of, of reality away from anything I really give a shit about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you find yourself getting really wound up in shit that doesn't fucking matter. And then you go up on the side of a mountain for two nights and it's 10 degrees and you got to go find firewood in the rain to keep yourself from dying. You know what I mean? And, and all that shit disappears and your focus just shrinks in from a hornet's nest to the you know head of a needle. Mm-hmm. And everything is just right there. You know, your clarity is, is so much greater. And we live in a, in a time, although we live in a cool special time we're talking about, you know, we also live in a time where technology and all these distractions and all this shit has just got our attention blasting all over the place. Mm-hmm. And while we're doing that, we're also becoming less physically active as a species mm-hmm. through technology and conveniences and all this stuff. So it's like, if, if never before, like more than ever before, the martial arts and all that stuff, dancing, you know, physical y- yoga, whatever it is, physical activity, particularly athletic or pseudo-athletic activity, I mean, is uh, it's more important than it's ever been. Agreed. Because we're not getting it. No. But my the body started to fucking implode but, when I, I mean, started working out. To even what you were talking about on, you know, the the ego earlier, right? And, yeah. and you just hit it when you said dancing. Because this is something that, you know, people will laugh at me. I feel something and I'll start dancing, right? I, you listen to that music, you have to separate yourself from your ego in the sense of, do I give two shits what JC is going to say about me whenever I start moving a certain way? Or I'm just going to feel this music and I'm going to dance, right? You're talking about and, male ego? Well, just ego in general, In right? general with people. Or, or may, I can only speak from my own perspective, yeah. Well, dancing right? is a great, a great example. But, you know, that, a lot of people are like, just no. embarrassed to yeah. get out on yeah, the yeah. dance floor you see what and I'm cut saying? loose, but they, they can. Yeah, anybody in general. It's That's just how, yeah. It's, it's a matter of separating yourself from that ego. Yeah. Allowing yourself to feel those vibes, feel that music. What was my dad then, said the other day? If we started having yoga over at my house, he was going to call the cops. <laughs> <laughs> My dad overheard us all talking about having having yoga yeah. night for all the guys at the house. And he goes, I will call the fucking cops. Stone cold. He Stone just, cold. He goes, if y'all start doing yoga, I'm calling I the cops. I will call the fucking cops. Bunch of grown-ass men getting together to do yoga. I will call the fucking police on But you. the sweet nature is there was like genuine, genuine concern in his voice when he <laughs> yeah. said it, right? Like he, he wants our goodness. Yeah, right? it's like we were getting together it. to do heroin or something. Yeah. It's like, no, we're good. Kev, no. we're good. Though. All in good fun. But yeah, man. We we gotta we gotta do more physical activity as a just as a species and, and whatever it, it is what I yeah, mean I, for me whatever. it's it's whatever it is and you know as long as it's not harming others right and and it's bringing growth to you, you I know, saw um you know we watched a lot of uh, like you know Last Alaskans and Life Below Zero mm-hmm. I imagine we're gonna be talking about those a lot on this podcast oh yeah um but I was watching the kids go out and chase fucking animals. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I remember when I was a kid chasing chickens around and guinea hens and goats and pigs. And, emus. you know, we had we grew up yeah. emus yeah. and donkeys. <laughs> you know, we grew up out in the boonies. And so, like, we were always chasing animals around. And I think, like, we were also all pretty coordinated and athletic. You know what I mean? It's like my kids, they'd never chased a bunch of chickens around in a damn chicken farm and, like, tried to catch a chicken or a duck or 
a goose or yeah you'd be hard pressed to get my kid like if you were at a place and they had chickens and you're like i bet you can't catch one they'd be like why would i why would i even try yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's not a concept and, and, and for us it was like uh it was like riding your bike you go chase the chickens i just go catch to, them i just wanted to be rocky yeah that was my biggest thing so i wanted to chase <laughs> chickens so i could run up some steps and pump my fist in the yeah air. man that's a, that's that's why you got to do it you got to have your values in order well we live in a day <laughs> and an age you know where you talk about last alaskans you know if you want to be warm you better get out there and chop some wood yeah if I want to be warm. Hey, I got to walk ten feet to the thermostat they, yeah. and hit. Doo, doo, doo. They said it on yeah. Life Below Zero the other day, and I love this saying. It said, "He who chops his own wood heats himself twice." Because you heat up when you're yeah. chopping the wood, and you heat yeah. up whenever you're cooking it. You know, so I've been out there splitting wood. I've got some other homies that do that. You know, within the the grappling community, that's you know they live in the Northeast, and that's part of their culture, and that's part of what they do, and. You know, two birds, one stone kind of deal, and they go out there and they do some cardio and they chop some wood and, you know, but then they use the technology of the, of today and or their heart rate monitor or whatever and go out there and start, you know, putting in work. But, yeah. If you've never chopped wood, you should chop some wood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you've never chopped wood in your life, I implore you, it's if you have you the opportunity, to chop some wood. Yeah. There is some beautiful thing behind it. Go chop yeah. some wood. Go then use the wood to make a fire. Yeah, go yeah. chunk some hay. You know, do something with some throwing hay and chopping wood. Yeah. Man. All right. Yeah, we're we're we fucking hillbillies. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Farm boys. You know, I forget that like we're sitting here talking about this because this was normal for us growing up. But mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people have never actually chopped wood or or thrown hay. You know, that's um. That's a really to to a lot of people. That's got to make us seem like really well, like you super said, inbred. We, we all grew up within each other, you know, around each other, and you know, these different cultures, man, are just they're different, right? Yeah, in different areas of the world, and you know, some of them don't throw hay. No. Um, speaking of hay, uh, you smoke pot still? Uh, I do. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Um, what I think is fascinating is that you can do that while training in jiu-jitsu yeah there's a lot of cultures in within the the grappling community that do it um it brings a again a sense of enlightenment and an opening to that you know i can't imagine uh trying to choke somebody out or wrestling with someone certainly not like at a competition like with you Mm -hmm. or jc or something at the house like i could i could do that stoned but on a mat in front of a crowd for a, uh, you know, yeah, for a dude, scoreboard. It, it, it'll, uh, like you said, it, it takes the distractions out. It takes the distractions out for sure. So it puts things in perspective and kind of takes some of those anxieties away. And, you know, the, the sense of what cannabis can be used for with, you know, CBD and the, the health benefits and, and everything else that it's, that it is today. Um, do you, do you use CBD? Yeah, man, I'm, 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 lucky enough to have a company that supports me in that and uh warrior cbd they're a really good company and um yeah man i'm so. glad to hear that I, want, I, I like to uh you know talk about holistic health remedies and stuff mm-hmm. like that health wellness nutrition and uh i don't have a, a ton of personal experience with cbd but i'm about to mm-hmm. you know with this whole foray back into the gym but i i, I knew that you um if anybody I know needs to be taking CBD for various things, you know, a guy who's out there wrestling and twisting himself in knots with other people every day, 
Well, You're going to need the CBD. Man, it, and does it, it help goes, you? It goes back into the the subject of like you know the big pharma thing and, yeah. and all this sense of you know the inflammation that it it can help you know and and I'm jumbling up my words and my stories here, but it's because you're you know, stoned. It's the sense of you know the inflammation through cancers and and everything else and and what CBD can do for the anti-inflammatory nations yeah. of it and um, or notions of it, I should say. And so for me, you know rather be my knees my neck whatever um i use topical and and an oral based cbd and it's game changing man it it really, really really is and i've seen countless people benefit from it you know rather it be from an epilepsy side you know cancer um but then just general health it's and crazy that it does that for epilepsy like the i mean these kids can have have a, a seizure and they just go put a drop on their tongue and it's just bam mm-hmm. done mm mm-hmm. You know, Epilepsy, that's Parkinson's, all kinds of yeah. It's 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 crazy to watch those videos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, well you you know you have these medicines that have existed this entire time, and we are just now to a place where you can take CBD because your joints hurt or mm-hmm. your muscles are sore. But before that, we were restricted to to aspirin and mm-hmm. Tylenol. Yeah, you fucking those, kidding me? Those were the baselines. Those were the ones, and that was taboo. Yeah, you know, and things that are eating up your gut health yeah absolutely. you know tearing up your gut health and then on the flip side of that yeah that you're something gut, that sure. you know something that i've just began to to enlighten myself on is you know what does your gut health have in regards to your mental everything clarity? Yes. right you are literally gut, everything you, know, you are what you eat and i could get all esoteric on y'all right now so and talk about how the chakra systems and the pole systems in the body and how every part of the brain has is a north pole and then it, it has a corresponding south pole in the gut but that's that's my point when it comes to, you know, the gut health and, and the the negative aspects of the gut health. Mm-hmm. What does it cause? Inflammation. Yeah. What is cannabis? And mucus. Yeah. And anti-inflammatory. And, 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 and what does cannabis do in that regard? It's the the biggest proponent in my mind is anti-inflammation. Mm-hmm. So, duh, right? Yeah. Why 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 aren't we using this? Because, again, the financial standard of these companies that can gain off of keeping that to the side and not allowing people to be healthy. Yeah. You know, and then in turn, there's no money to be made. If exactly. Until you can monopolize it in a sense, until you can start taxing it or whatever, you know, and I've seen, you know, we've, we've all seen other States doing, you know, a really good job at that. Um, until you can find that system, we're not going to have that access to it. You know, the company that I'm, you know, connected to now, their their pharmacy or their what am I trying to say? Their their manufacturing center is based out of Colorado. Mm. You know, because they can actually make it the way they need to and in the proper forms or whatever. And then even though I guess I I don't know, it's it's debatable, I guess now, if it's legal to sell C B D in Texas or not. Um Yeah, it's weird. It was like it was legal and then it wasn't. And then it's not legal and then they're like, Okay, well hey guys, it's not legal but we're not gonna enforce it, you know. I I don't know. Um I know it doesn't hurt anybody. Yeah. You that's know, is for what sure. it really comes down to. I'm not harming myself. I'm not putting so Joe you know, Rogan said like the most dangerous thing about marijuana or the only way to die from marijuana is if you get hit by a bundle of it falling out of a CIA drug plane. Yeah. He's <laughs> like it's the only way you can die from from pot, you know. So I mean, if anything, it's it's helped in the sense of, uh, you know, better sleep, right? Which sure. helps with better mental health and 
better healing than the physical. So yeah. I'm, I'm walking a weird line with sleep and CBD might be the answer that I'm having because mm-hmm. I, as a person who smoked pot like for 10 years, I've come to a place where I really don't uh, smoke very much anymore. And I have these insane dreams to where I've had to now revert to right before bed, having a small amount, having a tiny little bowl, risking, you know, altering and changing my mindset more than I want to just because most of the marijuana around here is way too powerful than what it used to be. Mm-hmm. And I get higher than I want to be. Um, <laughs> That's but so th- true. If I don't do it, I will have the craziest dreams and I will not rest. Mm-hmm. And I know they say, oh, when you get in that deep REM sleep where you're dreaming, that's where you're really resting. No, I'm busy. I'm running yeah. around. I've got things to do in these dreams, and I wake up, and I just feel exhausted from the mental fight that I yeah. was going on all night in these dreams. Have you – and we had a little bit of this conversation the other day, and it made me think about this. You've got an Apple Watch on there. Um, so I know you got, like, a heart rate monitor to some standard, right? Yeah. Have you checked your heart rate during these dreams and and seen what the actual, like, the the P's and Q's of the readout is? I don't know if I've set it up to do my heart rate, but I've done the uh, the sleep tracker. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I stopped doing it. I don't don't sleep with it on anymore. The sleep tracker would just tell me in the morning after a bad night of sleep. Hey, you got a bad night of sleep. sleep. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, that, well, what purpose does this really serve? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, if CBD is something, because I know it's non-psychoactive, so uh, unlike THC, mm-hmm. you're going to get all of these benefits from it. You're not going to get the high, mm-hmm. per se. Um, that that might be something to look into, just because, boy, have I struggled with, you know, you think, well, I don't smoke pot anymore, so of course I'm not going to get that deep diving sleep. Mm-hmm. But I also don't wake up at 2 a.m. because I smoked at 10, mm-hmm. and I'm starving. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Just standing in front of the fridge with the light on, trying to find something to eat. Uh, I sleep the whole night through. But, boy, does my brain just go absolutely mm-hmm. insane um, to the point where it's like I'm, I'm not really prideful of the fact that I don't smoke pot anymore because I still enjoy it from time to time. But I never knew that having smoked it for so long and then now going to a place where I don't would have such a uh, – juxtaposed like this side effect thing I didn't know I heard your dreams got crazy for so long it's been months no I guess I just have crazy dreams and I've been subduing them for mm-hmm. so long that I'm getting used to them yeah dude I, f- I started to feel like when I when I stopped smoking pot every single day I started to feel like I uh, when I would lay down to go to sleep it was almost I would get the anxiety that I used to get before I would smoke DMT like I would literally go to bed and lay my head down and go, shit, man, I'm in for a crazy ride. I'm going on a ride. wild ride. Yeah. Going on a wild ride. And I remember the dreams I had last night. And they weren't like nightmares, like scary nightmares from like being a kid or something. They're just crazy fucking bonkers dreams, mm-hmm. you know? And I guess, I guess that's just how I dream now. Mm-hmm. But when I smoke pot, I don't, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's good for shutting my brain down. Yeah. Or if I want a different perspective on something, or if I'm just really anxiety written and i'm so anxiety ridden that i can't meditate Mm -hmm. because that happens to me at least 30 percent of the time when i get a real onset of anxiety Mm -hmm. is i can't even meditate it Mm -hmm. just takes me to a place where i just that the vibrational state has become so chaotic i can't Mm -hmm. i am not you can't slow down i don't possess the skill yet to to bring that bring that chaos to a to a minimum quiet my mind so but you know i can hit a joint once or twice and all of a sudden Find that center. Yeah, find, get back to center. And L- love appropriately. Uh, s- smoke appropriately. Smoke appropriately. Yeah, love appropriately. Everything's about balance. About, yeah. Everything's about balance. 
I guess that's why I've been vibing on that fortunate youth lately. Right? I wanted to bring up fortunate youth. Yeah. We're um, we recently discovered a, a band called Fortunate Youth, and David got introduced to him. Yeah, and he fell in love. Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, what they? I don't. I don't. Ninety percent of their songs are about love, and then the other ten percent's about you know cannabis. And yeah, it's pretty much everything is is positive vibes and you know from them and some of the other guys you know that that y'all have introduced me to you know in in a positive nature they uh they're all you know good vibes good good jams yeah there's so. not a whole lot of songs about bad days and if they are it's about looking at your bad day in a positive light yeah you know Flipping the fruitful it. darkness yeah, yeah. yeah i um on the youtube video i'm gonna plug this real quick since we happen to get there um Guys, go to the YouTube channel and subscribe on YouTube. Appreciate you following here on Instagram, but we've got to get the followers up on YouTube, too. We have a better, number one, we have a better chat platform over there, and you guys get the the full videos. Um, we'll, we'll do them live sometimes. But you guys are having to deal with this little phone right now, and I'm having to flip between David, me, and JC, which is a lot of fun. But the cameras are way nicer, and you know it's just a better experience for you guys if you go to YouTube. But what I was going to say is, on the edited YouTube video, I'm going to try to see if we can splice in some songs so we can share some of this kick-ass music with you guys. Mm -hmm. Because uh, we have stumbled on this whole community of artists, of these independent, conscious, positive artists that are absolutely killing it and that are making some really cool, mm -hmm. chill music with a good message. Um, it's really dope, though. So go to the YouTube so you don't miss all that stuff. Yeah, the YouTube's going to be where you get those links. That's where you're yeah. going to be able to, to, if you're interested in something we're talking about, I will do my very best in the very bottom there to provide links to any sort of products that we think are really helpful, any sort of articles, any sort of music, yeah. anything like that. Go support the YouTube channel because it's going to be a platform for you to then go and check out some more yeah. stuff. That, that It's all connected. It'll be a good hub. Mm -hmm. And you'll find guys like the Fortunate Youth on mm -hmm. there. And they have... Uh, have you been watching the Sugar Shack sessions? Uh, or are you just checking out their other stuff? No, I've just been, you know, the I guess the old school YouTube jump from channel or from video to video, you know, just watching different artists. So the uh, there's the, the Sugar Shack sessions mm -hmm. for everybody who's watching who doesn't know. Um, I just posted it up in the chat and... Uh, that that is a, this this group this organization Sugar Shack, and they get these these artists to come out and they have this really dope setup in their backyard or whatever you know this whole palm trees in Florida tropical mm -hmm. cabana set and you guys can go check out all of these these artists that we're talking about they almost all of them have if you hear somebody we talk about they probably have a YouTube video done at Sugar Shack so you can go check it out whenever you get a chance jam you some fortunate youth. On that note, uh, I'm actually going to throw on a song. We're going to take a break. You guys stay put. All right, we're back. And we're back. Thank you guys for hanging in there. We're having so much fun. You guys having fun? Yeah, I am. yeah. I'm having a good time. David, I'm glad you came up here. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. We, uh... We're going to do this more often, sit around and talk about how awesome it is to be sur surrounded by awesome people while you're surrounded by awesome people. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. Oh, wait, I forgot we decided 
beer during the podcast is a bad idea because you just sit there and burp the whole fucking time. You gotta lean away. Yeah, just don't yeah. burp in the microphone. <laughs> this thing would pick it up so high def. It would be gross. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that song. Um, they'll probably let us keep that on Instagram. They're really weird about that stuff sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Howard was saying if we put that on our YouTube videos, we're probably going to have to like, yeah, do something. Mm-hmm. Fade it. Fade it. Use, talk you, over use it. Use it in short bursts or talk over it the entire yeah. time it's playing. Like it get kind of iffy. But once again, bands like this that are not – you know, I mean, if we were listening to Taylor Swift music the entire time, she's still very protected and mm-hmm. copyrighted and owned. And, you know, there's algorithms that'll pick up really popular music. These guys will probably appreciate some exposure. You know, you got thousands of people watching. Is you're it? going to check these guys out. Yeah. There's bands that don't need that and don't appreciate that. Right. That they're already established. Particularly their record companies that oh, don't appreciate yeah. that. That's what I was going <laughs> to yes, say. Yes, is yes, it the yes. bands or is it the record it's companies the record, that the, are you know, going They in. own the music, you know. Right. Um, so. But I know, like, Trevor's independent. Trevor Hall's independent. I have no idea. So fortunate youth is or not. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to look. But I know there are other podcasts that use music, so it can't be that bad. If anybody, anybody knows out there, yeah. anybody out there knows, we got enough followers. <laughs> you guys somebody out there is bound to know. Yeah. You know. Um J C and I are gonna do cover songs every week. Okay. Uh, that's gonna be fun. And um we'll probably put those on the YouTube into these videos somewhere which then if we, if we can't find music right so you don't have to worry about yeah it. you can play cover songs yeah mm-hmm. you can put cover songs on on there all you want yeah you just you know when it's an actual the record company recorded it in their studio with their producers with their time and mm-hmm. all that stuff so they can you know whatever but doing covers is fine yeah yeah like, I, don't, I don't think i could sell those covers no you couldn't make profit you can't of it. sell them yeah so if you have a cover video that you do on YouTube with a cover song on it, you can't monetize that video. Unless you're giving your percentage to the company. Because I know... Which, Jesus, the, can you imagine trying to negotiate that those terms? Who is the rock band? I don't remember the name. But Metallica. Were, yeah. Fucking sued the shit out of Napster, all the Napster people. No, I'm, I'm talking about the... Recently, they it was a rock band that redid a uh, Taylor Swift song. And it was actually a pretty good jam. And Dude, I've got a... F- I've got the best cover thing for you ever okay there's a guy named leo please tell me you've not heard of him please tell me you've never heard of leo keep, keep going leo what? leo metal covers um uh he has covered everything okay and he does everything from you said taylor swift and that's what really i think I, I maybe i have oh long and he like chops up the different types of rock and he adds all the songs in together I don't know. I don't know. Well, this, this, maybe I would I would know him if I see. Yeah, him. you you might. So this dude does like um, if your lips are moving, mm-hmm. you know. He does all these like uh, Adele and and he did the Frozen song, mm-hmm. you know, Let It Go. But they're metal. They're a thrash metal, and he does all the instruments, and he's fucking amazing. Yes, I have. Seen and him. he sings yes. really well, and he's got the drums, the yep. bass, the guitar. You know. Anyway, he's amazing. I love I love checking that guy out. He loops every you know every instrument. Yeah. And he's playing it. Yeah, no, I, I know he Dave Grohl's the whole thing. Yes, but he does covers. Which you talk about the Dave Grohl, and you want to talk about music? Have you seen um, what's the video? Kiss guy. No. Oh my gosh, dude! So you talk about you know feeling for somebody in in a sense of you know like just a positiveness for this person. I don't even know this guy. And Dave Grohl. I, Dave Grohl or 
Kiss Guy. All right. So basically, Dave Grohl is that a person's name? It's what he calls him, and that's what his this video. If you look it up on YouTube, is it, it what you'll find him as? But you know, Foo Fighters is having a concert or whatever, and they're jamming out, and he's going. And um, there's this guy in the front row that's got Kiss makeup on. And he's obviously just loving life. He's, you know, he's got his kiss makeup on, so he's rocking out, right? At a, at a, you know, Foo Fighters concert, but that's just different, I guess. But, yeah. um, so he's in there and he's, he's jamming out. And then towards the end of the concert, Grohl says, Hey, kiss guy, come up here. So the guy gets up on stage and he starts, you know, headbanging and, and loving life. And then he goes, Hey, get him a guitar. And he's like, Do you know how to, do you know how to play one of these? And, He's like, yeah, I, I, I kind of know what I'm doing, you know, and he grabs it and shreds this guitar. I'm talking, and it was just, real, and and it was a shoot. Like nobody knew it wasn't set up. It wasn't set up, and then the it was just in the, the front am, at a the amount of deal. joy that Dave Grohl expressed felt and expressed. <laughs> I was so happy for him, and it's like right? this is a celebrity. You got a lot of good shit going for you, bud. Yeah. you know what I mean, like. I'll be happy for you anyways. But then he just was like, ah, made his this life. is so awesome. And then he goes, keep playing. And then he was, you know, he was setting them up. And there was even one point, I can't remember what, what exact song that they were playing. Um, I'm a fan, but I'm, I'm not a hardcore fan. Right. And he's like, all right, I'm going to give it to you. And, he, and you can tell like, he's about to hit something in his voice that it, it hurts to get yeah, to, yeah. you know? And he's like, well, and he's just going off. And then kiss guy starts shredding the guitar again. And he's like, ah, and he just start, you know, just feeling it. And then, of course, this 20-something-year-old kid, Kiss Guy, his long hair and his Kiss makeup. Is he 20? I, I, I mean, he looks like a young man. He's young. Right? Shredding the wow. guitar. Can you and imagine being 20 and getting a shred on stage with Dave Grohl? Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> Poop. You know, it was, it's, it's one of the, it's probably an eight or ten minute long video. Well worth your time. Um, I'll check it out for if sure. If you like feeling good I want, He just showed me one the other day of uh, Michael Jackson and Slash. Oh, was I it Slash? It was Slash, yeah, right? Yeah. Slash. <sighs> yeah. Dude, I was at a tournament the other day and Michael Jackson came on, right? They have music playing over the background, right? And uh, He was a Taekwondo black belt. Was he really? Yeah. I did not know that. Did not know that, yeah. Um, But you hear, dun, 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 in, in the background and all of a sudden like, my hips just start moving. This is what I was talking about with <laughs> you, the music earlier, right? And I just start popping my hips. And then there's people like 15 feet behind me. And a couple of them were teammates of mine. And they just like die laughing. And I look at them. I'm like, I can't help it. You know I what I mean? see you dancing in Michael Jackson. Right? You know, jiu-jitsu class. And I've got my, well, I'm coaching, right? So I've got my jeans, my boots on, you know. My jeans are tucked inside my boots like normal. Um, you know, so I'm just sitting there and I'm jamming, right? And it's like, dude, you can't help it. You know, certain songs, I guess. You got to paint the picture for anybody not watching right now. David's wearing a rainbow unicorn T-shirt. Yeah. Um, it says jujitsu on it. Yeah. Uh, he looks like somebody off of Game of Thrones. Big beard, long hair, but he's got jeans tucked into his cowboy boots. Uh, he's tatted from fucking head to toe, and um, and he's got like 18-inch arms. So that's the picture of what you're dealing with, and this guy is doing a jujitsu class, and he's dancing to Michael Jackson. Yeah. You know what I mean? good times it's good times yeah you ever done jiu-jitsu while while you were stoned like at a competition i have in the past yeah are you serious Mm -hmm. what how did that go uh it's it's worked out okay um you know like i said for nerves and and anxieties in that time i did it and um yeah it worked out really well so you know not necessarily a 
an advocate for people to do that but um in the moment it felt like a good choice and it's a personal choice yeah you know it's a personal like choice I said i wasn't trying to harm anybody and and by doing that maybe i was trying to harm somebody physically you can you, know? you can do jujitsu stoned you just you know you shouldn't operate heavy machinery stoned or sometimes try to get on an airplane I don't know about getting on an airplane stoned either. Yeah, <laughs> never done that. That doesn't sound like, it's, you know. It's not a good time. I, got, I know some guys that were coming back from Amsterdam. They took a bunch of mushrooms and got on the airplane coming back from Amsterdam. Oh, my goodness. You know, to here. And that's something that I just, I sounds like the worst idea. No. Imaginable. Way too uncontrolled. Oh, know, yeah. You, know, you have no variables. connection with the earth. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the mushrooms would know that you were 30,000 feet away from the earth. Wow. The mushrooms, they like the earth. Well, Anybody take just just challenge yourself at home. Just get a chair like like a like an office chair. Take some mushrooms and they go. I'm gonna sit in this chair for eight hours yeah. this entire trip yeah. and not get up. Oh move. yeah, yeah. Talk about set and setting. <laughs> yeah, you just screwed the pooch on that one, man. Mushrooms on an airplane. I'd rather have snakes. I'd rather have snakes. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson, motherfucker. Yeah. On this Monday through Friday plane. Yeah. This <laughs> Monday through Friday plane. Um. This music. This music is everything. Yeah. Uh, it's another good jam. Yeah, we still got Fortunate Youth playing in the background. Music, music's medicine. 100%, man. Or, or, or it's toxic. Yes. It just depends on what you're listening to, right? And that's yeah. a matter of, you know, where it's going to put you and, and what are you going to feel off of it. Yeah. Well, we have this theory we've been throwing around with these... Um, Fortunately, use a great example of this and Trevor Hall's and Will Evans and the Sat songs and, and the ones that we listen to and the way that they impact us emotionally has a lot to do, I believe, with where they were emotionally and what message they were trying to convey when writing said song and mm -hmm. performing that song. In and the how good were they at or, or, or I should say effective at conveying that? Yes. You know, and the great artists that you just mentioned and even the Adele's and. Yeah, and the Michael and, Jackson's uh, in the you know they it's like they're they they are able to to encapsulate exactly what they're feeling. You're taking on that emotion. It's any form of art form, honestly. Yes. It's yeah. any rather it be music. It's it's the written word. It's some it's you know painting. some sort it's of painting. Food. Yes, it's, it's yeah. how are you emoting? Yeah. that passion. How are you expressing your artistry? And some people look again going back to the martial arts as violence. I can look at it as an art form, you know, because I can see a fluidity and a sense of movement and a sense of effortless li effortlessness from someone. It seems like a lot of syllables. Maybe. that's ma That probably isn't a word, but I made it one. No, um, that absolutely is a word. It just sounds like it has a lot of syllables yeah, in it. Yeah, it's just hard for my little tongue to say, right? But it's, one of, those, edibles. it's one of those things that I think, you know, it's just how do you express it, you know? Well, and, and, and talking about mu going back to music and, and it being from love, and, and and that's what we've been listening to and all that. Well, there was a lot of people out there that made their music from a place of anger. No shit. Hate mm -hmm. and, and disdain. <laughs> and then you're listening to that all day long. You ever just you ever just listen to the wrong music, like mm -hmm. before you went to a function or went to mm -hmm. work, and you just come in just feeling just this different way about you? It's a... Uh, it's where that person and the message that they were trying to convey is the magic of music. It's a powerful yeah. thing that people take for granted. Mm -hmm. The radio station you listen to on the way to work, if you're not listening to specific albums, everybody's got iTunes now. But, I mean, it really does 
set your mood and your tone. I mean, think of it in vibrations. I mean, mm-hmm. soothing sounds soothe you. If you're listening to like angry white noise, mm-hmm. it's it, it can have a negative effect on you. That's the yeah. power. If of you it. listen to all those bands that were like goth bands when we were kids, like Corn yeah. and Slipknot and all those guys, um, you know, we always used to we'd have like the uh, the old ladies of the church would be like, "Hey, that music's demonic," and we're like, "Oh, you don't know what the hell you're talking about." They and knew what they were talking about. Oh, they knew exactly mm-hmm. what they were talking about. Yeah. Now I go back and I hear that stuff, you know, and I just, you can just smell the demons in the music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whether it's the the beat or the chanting, it's like Marilyn Manson, dude. I see him on a, saw him on a magazine cover, like at, like at the Guitar Center or something fairly recently. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, the magazine cover caught my eye out of the corner of my eye, and it was like someone had shit themselves over there, and it hit my nose. Mm-hmm. And I just was like... Oh my god and I just saw it and it was like the the demons were coming off of the page at me it was like he's Whoa. so but you listen to his music and he was able to channel those those demonic sounds mm-hmm. and his chanting and his singing and all that stuff well it's it's the matter of you know like what we were talking about earlier what you you know what you put in is what you put out yeah and it's yeah I tell people it you know like you go back to what you're saying like a vibration or an energy right it's a fueling source yeah, you're, what is, are you fueling up with? What are you fueling yourself yeah. with? And this your is where, food, your music. You know, I had to come to this in in a competition sense for myself. It's like, okay, you know, back in the day, you know, I, I would if I would be lifting or whatever, I'd listen to that aggressive rock music or whatever, and I would use this negative fuel, yeah, this harsher fuel, to go do something. But then to where I can listen to you know reggae music now. And vibe. I can fight to a Bob Marley, which seems contradictory, and I get it. You know what I mean. But I can flow in that moment in in a combat sense and perform better yeah. to the to the outcome that I'm. Well, you're not for. being driven by anger and by rage and chaos. It's, you're it's being a, driven by a a an, fluid a, nature, a, right? Yeah. And an intentional fluidity. And you know that fire that we have, that fuel that we use. Okay, fire can do, you know, a couple things. It can cook your food. It can burn your house down. So how are you going to harness it? Is that, how are you te- is that use Teddy it? Atlas? I have no idea. Sounds like Teddy Atlas. No, Teddy Atlas was, your fireman, your fireman. <laughs> you fight the fire, you know, or whatever he says, right? And it's you got like me super with, intense, You, you sent me that Teddy Atlas yeah. video. I've been stuck on Teddy Atlas ever since. Dude, I I'll, can't get over. Yeah, if, if I need some, you talk about like the vibrations. <laughs> he's. If, uh, I was about to say I'm I'm out of that circle. I'm sure well, he's too. so he was uh, he was when Mike Tyson was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Teddy Atlas was a trainer, and he he was his was Mike, was Mike Tyson's trainer for a short while. But he's been he's like Lennox Lennox Lewis's trainer, I think, multiple, and a lot of world champions, champions yeah. stuff like that. But he's kind of known. For who, like he was like that that football coach or Pat Riley the basketball coach like that there's people who are super motivational mm-hmm. you know and who he's have the, the Lombardi of, the Lombardi yeah. of of the boxing mm-hmm. world and Teddy Atlas like he's okay. even been sort of okay. accused of being the guy who in between rounds in the corner he's more concerned about putting on a show for the cameras about what he's saying so he sounds like he's given the final scene in Rocky speech mm-hmm. <laughs> and he kind of takes away from the fighters and stuff he's that guy fair enough but. He does say some proofs shit. in the pudding, man. Like if you're putting out enough champs, I mean, I'm sorry. I don't know. I, I read his biography. I don't know if I'm a believer. I um, his biography is not as impressive as I as as I think most people think it is. Mm-hmm. He's had a lot of he's had a lot of scandals, not s- bad scandals or whatever, but like a lot of 
pretty credible people have had some pretty credible critiques of him, mm-hmm. and he hasn't actually delivered the champions that he sometimes associates himself with. Okay. I think he had like one world champion ever or something like that, and a lot of the other ones were contenders in some way, but he also, like you look into it, and he had conflict. Like I forget it was maybe Linux Lewis or something was like the only world champion he had. I could be getting this wrong, but it's there's mm-hmm. a, something like this. You'll see it if you look it up, but it's like one of the world champions he had or, or the only one or whatever, they actually got into a dispute, like a legal dispute and stuff, mm-hmm. and they like canceled their contract together or whatever, and he ended up paying him to leave. So it's like he's not quite the he's not quite as much of a legend of the he's not the Tom Landry I kind of thought he was when I first started digging into yeah. him. Um, he also held a gun to Mike Tyson's head at 15 years old, which I don't condone anyone holding a gun to a 15-year-old child's head. He slapped his niece on the butt or something like that. Is yeah, I I heard more than that. I, I don't know enough about oh, I don't the situation. Know. I don't know. It was it was more than from what I remember hearing. It was more than just a a, a touch. Oh yeah, um, maybe so. I just I know, don't know, man. Which fifteen year old child? I mean, I know that he was two hundred pounds at fifteen. Yeah, I was gonna say, have you He's, seen him at fifteen, dude? Well, at twelve, I know he was like one ninety or something. Yeah, that's but scary. I'm just I'm just saying. I get you. You know what I mean? But that doesn't change the fact that. Anything Teddy Atlas says or any speech he gives or anything else, I kind of want to hear it. <laughs> I'm just, up. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I had to say all that because he felt the need to express his thoughts about Mike Tyson mm-hmm. and his character and his accomplishments and who he was, and I respected the way he did it, mm-hmm. and it and it caused me to, you know, kind of think about the way that he presented that stuff, and I found it very insightful, mm-hmm. but sort of out of respect for Teddy Atlas, and. You know what I mean? Just to make sure he ha- he is handled with the same hands that he handles other people. I just felt mm-hmm. like saying that because he is not quite the legend that I think he purports to be. Hmm. Just like he says that Mike Tyson, this whole thing spun spun off of me watching that fucking Joe Rogan Mike mm-hmm. Tyson podcast, and I thought yeah. it was so it was such a uh, an uplifting or it, well, it, it authentic. You know, I think everybody put Tyson, especially in this you know, monster role like a lot of people do with, you know, sports athletes or, or celebrities or, you know, fighters especially, I feel, you know, that they're they're superhuman, you know. Yeah. And Tyson showed something that I feel like what you were talking about earlier when it comes to in, in the sense of a martial arts sense. Um, there's a real, you know, sensitivity there, you know, within these people, especially like Tyson, you know, or... or an intimacy that he's willing to, you know, show within himself, you know, of he did that DMT. Hey, hey man, I, I've I've screwed up, and you know, I've made countless mistakes. Made a lot of mistakes. Yeah, did I did the did the did the toad? I mean, did the DMT? He got some perspective, and and what was really cool is that Tom Segura, big fanboy, is at the beginning of that. Yeah, yeah, and he's like. At one point, he goes, what in the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I just love that Mike Tyson, he go, what'd you just say to me? He yeah. was just like, I was in the height of my crazy. Like, yeah. he just, he's just owning, like, this a lot of it. When he was standing in this his underwear peak- holding the tiger. <laughs> holding the tiger. <laughs> holding the tiger. <laughs> yeah. I got two tigers in, in my Aston Martin. He's like, I don't and even know what I was crazy. thinking. crazy. I have no idea. <laughs> Which, Ver- <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I can, I can not attest to being Mike Tyson, but I can attest being young and in my early 20s and or teens or whatever and making 
choices that I look back on and I'm like, what was I thinking? Oh God, you know? when I was that age and I had an extra five hundred dollars, oh it wow, was, I was making some bad decisions with <laughs> that. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> Mike millions, Tyson had millions, millions of dollars. Yeah, I would not be here to have this conversation. And, right and legitimate, legitimately feeling like you were the baddest man on the planet. Oh yeah, yeah. On top of that, but had enough reasons to really believe that mm -hmm. like no, this, no, that's what i'm saying yeah. like yeah, yeah he really felt that way and in, in a lot of ways he really was in the in those moments but you know and having all that money at your fingertips and to be able to do those things you know and honestly by the grace of god that he's made it out of a lot of those things and he has that sense of enlightenment now to where it's like look you know now i know he's got a uh what is he Tyson's Ranch. Tyson's Ranch, yeah. going to have a big cannabis You know, a big thing. cannabis, you know, getaway or whatever. Um, good for him, man. You know, he's going to help, you know, relax a lot of people at least, right? You know, give them a, a good getaway. Um, it's supposed to be a several hundred acre ranch or something like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. So It's going to be a cool, a cool deal. Uh, and if you think about it for what he was in his heyday, right? Late 80s, early 90s to where he's at now that's a that's a full circle you know yeah so again going back what we were talking about earlier you know don't give up on these people don't grow tired and say you know and man i i know a lot of people have you know they wrote the dude off yeah you know and you can't you just can't write these people off because you never know what turnaround they may they may find that's exactly it all right Love appropriately. What yes. time is it? Something after five. A little after five. Uh, after five. Yeah. So we did our we did our our couple hours or close to it. Um. Anybody have anything left in chat? Throw up any questions you got. If you got anything, we'll answer them. You can ask David a question or all of us a question. We'll answer it. Throw it up there. Looks like we. We just started over, so all the questions disappeared. So I apologize <laughs> for anybody that had a question up. That's my bad. But go check out the YouTube. We're gonna edit the um, um, edit the videos and put these up for you. Uh, much better audio and video quality for sure. And David will be back. Um, so don't be too sad that he's going away because he'll be back. Mm -hmm. We'll do these regularly. I'm down. You man. know, whenever you come around. Just tell me when. Whenever you got time, we'll just do it. Um, but we love you guys. Thank you for joining. And uh, so from everybody over here, may the light be upon you. May peace be within you. And may you be a sun on the paths of all men. We'll see you guys. Have a good week. Peace out. <laughs>